you know by the sound what it means. It's pot o'clock, six rings back in the house. Feels like it's been a minute and maybe more. I know we are in what some refer to as one of the slow seasons of sports, the nethers of football, if you shall. We're just past mini camp. We're a few weeks away from training camp. But when news breaks or there's something worth talking about, we fire up the six rings machine, Fitzy and Hart on the call, just like the low rent football talking Batman and Robin that we are. No need to really figure out who's the Batman, who's the Robin here right now. Just obviously. Uh, okay, right. Well, we all just want to save Gotham. So let's just keep the pod moving. Your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens at Fitzy GFY alongside Andy Jumbo Hart. He is at Jumbo Hart on today's pod. Our immediate reaction to the breaking news last night, the New England Patriots gave a big money contract, or is it, to a wide receiver? Spoiler alert, it wasn't DeAndre Hopkins. The call came from inside the house or the stadium, if you will. Bit of a surprise. We break it down and what it means for the player, for the team, and the pursuit of other wide receivers. And then the back half, the back nine. You know it. You love it. Everything that fits into the wide world of Patriots, it's Pat's Perry. Andy, your immediate reaction. <laughs> Right off the jump, when you heard Devontae Parker was extended into a three-year, $33 million deal, likely won't see all of it. A lot of incentives and performance bonuses tied in, $14 million guaranteed, whatever, whatever. Uh, Devontae Parker, extended, long-term Patriot? Huh? I think he wanted to be on the team this year. I think when we get the, uh, the details, you're going to see this is a restructure slash pay cut. Uh, I'm guessing his cap number and salary will go down significantly. His cap number was like six, four salary, like five, seven or something like that. Um, I'm guessing those will go down significantly. And if you, you know, I'm, I'm always interested to the reactions to these things. I mean, Ian Rappaport does a great job of being a, a conduit. Basically somebody pours liquid in one end and it rolls out the other end and he gives it to you. And he, he writes it in a way that everybody goes, wow. And then if you actually read the words, you're like, Wait a minute. You ever get those? Um, so I have I have a truck that is uh, about five and a half years old. It's got like 170,000 miles on it. And yet I get these. Well, that's and, a lot of miles for a truck oh, yeah. you've only had for six years. Which is weird that the Honda dealership always sends me these letters that says they're willing to give me $36,000 for my vehicle right now. Asterisk, asterisk, up to, based on, like, that's what this is. It was written in a way that you're like, whoa. Wait, you're gonna give me thirty something thousand dollars for my hundred and eighty thousand mile car? I, I I didn't pay. I know I get calls on my Honda all the time. The, uh, by the way, if anyone's listening, Honda would make a terrific sponsorship. You have yes. two Honda owners right here on Six Rings and Football thing. Honda family here, but the reality is, um, Ian Rappaport writes three year new contract worth up to thirty three million dollars. Also includes fourteen million dollars in guarantees and per game roster bonuses. My guess uh -huh. is he got a little bit of salary guaranteed for this year. And the rest, as Mike Reese wrote, if he plays every game and reaches incentives, including all pro, if, if and, and you know, if I have a good day, I'm going to go home with Halle Berry tonight. Like, that's how that works. I can, oh, what is Mrs. Just, Hart going to say about that? I'm just saying, I feel like she's one of my hall passes. <laughs> she, she's we like, have, we have, this is not the time for the six rings after dark and discussing the hall passes. My wife and I have the same one mutually shared. Tom Brady. Continue. Terrible. <laughs> Predictable and yet terrible in so many ways. Um, I shocked a few ears open with that one. Continue, Mr. Hart. So, uh, the, again, the numbers, 
I think this is giving them cap room. So some people immediately jump to, oh, cap room. Oh, better, better cap situation. Oh, are you are you creating this to sign anybody? And oh, who could be out there worth signing? D Hop, Dalvin Cook, some of those exciting names we've talked about previously. Um, and if you remember, Parker was the lone person who kind of <laughs> pushed back on wanting Hopkins in town. Everybody else was like, Max says, yeah, he's a great player. Love to have him. Kendrick Bourne, hey, we'll he's great. We'll take anybody that can help us win. And D-Hop, I mean, uh, Parker, when asked about D-Hop, was like, next question, next question. Didn't want to talk about it. You know why? Because I think he knew with his salary and cap number, he might be a potential swap out for D-Hop, which I never thought should have been a, the case. Because you were, you know, yeah, when we had these discussions, when the De DeAndre Hopkins chatter and hubbub, if you will, began a few weeks back, most people said, well, Devontae Parker would make a lot of sense. Similar skill set, potentially redundant in the, you know, 50-50 balls and possession receiver types. And uh, also, if they moved on from his deal at that time or prior to this new contract extension, they would have had basically like zero dead cap money and would have saved $6 million on the cap. Right. Uh, I can understand why he would have said, next question, don't want to answer it as well. So he was the likely candidate uh, that would be out. You said, well, why not just keep him like, do you really want to go into the season in a year where Bill Belichick's feeling the pressure? O'Brien's got to perform back to standard. Mac needs a good season. He's got to ball out for his future in Foxborough and beyond. Keep him. I mean, the guy's still good. And he's injury prone. So D-Hop is yeah. old. Taekwon Thornton is young and injury prone and can't stay on the field and unproven. Like Monte Parker has one full season, everyone. Everyone who's yeah. watching, everyone who's listening. I'm holding up a single finger. He has one season where he played in each and every football game. And he hasn't been a uh, a high-end receiver in quite some time now. He's a complimentary option. So, yeah, I, I think if you bring in D-Hop, you want it to work out the way this could be a step toward it working out. Keeping Parker for another year, bringing in somebody else, D-Hop, theoretically, right. to now have five receivers because it's a little bit like when we talk about Porzingis and Rob Williams and Al Horford. They all have questions. They're old. They're injury-prone. So if I have three of them for two spots... Hopefully, as I joked, you can spin the wheel on any given night and get two of them on the court. So you have two for those spots. Just like a receiver, if you have five, well, fingers crossed, at any given point, we'll have three to take the field. And then, you know, Thornton's dealing with a soft tissue injury or Parker has a pulled hammy, whatever. Like, I'd like to start from five when I don't really trust the five. If, if four receivers on your mm -hmm. roster were... They've played all 16 or 17 games for five straight years. They're reliable. They're always out there. I'd feel differently, but that's not the case with this potential group. But just to get back to the Parker contract, yeah, I don't believe he will ever get anywhere near $33 million. I don't believe he has $14 million in guarantees. It's guarantees and all those per-game bonuses and incentives. So I think this – I won't say it was an ultimatum, but I think this was in his best interest of sticking with the Patriots for this year. That's an interesting theory, a good working theory, and I bet that will probably come to pass. However, the financials work out with a little like, okay, so your salary goes down, but we're going to get put a little cash in hand your direction. Like, here's a little play your hardest this year, and maybe uh, you can stick around next year, but also give us some leeway to be able to. It's no guarantee, and I know a lot of people from the blogosphere to the broadcastosphere and beyond wanted to immediately point out that signing Devontae Parker to said extension does not prohibit the team from potentially pursuing DeAndre Hopkins or Dalvin Cook or signing any other players to the 90-man roster right now. But we should also point out, nor does it guarantee that all of a sudden, like, yeah, D-Hop's in the fold. Pump the brakes. Let's all R-E-L-A-X. It doesn't come with any guarantees. What this means is they probably 
team friendly, somebody who they still believe in, who Mac had a little chemistry with last year and can be at times. He's a very mercurial player. Again, polarizing seems to be we, we have our C words for the season. Uh, we are committed. Uh, we are hoping they will be competitive. The Patriots should be competent as well. One of the P words that now keeps reappearing on the pod is polarizing. Like Devontae Parker, a very polarizing football player. Uh, I bring these statisticals to the table. Uh, from Warren Sharp, wide receiver <laughs> separation ranking using next-gen stats, player tracking data, mumbo-jumbo, analytics, nerd talk, blah, blah, blah. In 2020... He was 132nd out of 132 wide receivers in separation. So that's called last. Yeah. Okay. That's Ask last. the Red right. Sox. That's referred to as last. Okay. We we already did our Red Sox podcast. I specifically <laughs> like went through a cardio workout so I could flush myself of all the toxins of our Sox talk. Uh, the, re the red toxins, if you will. Uh, 2021. He was 127th out of. I'm going to say, can I, I'm just going to throw this out there. 127. Correct, Andy Hart. You win a prize. Would you like to risk the money you've won thus far and play his ranking in 2022? Yes, but can I also ask in Red Sox mentality, if he was a tight end, would he be in first place in the central? <laughs> I both love and hate what you just did so much. All right, Andy, here for a chance to win a new Honda in 2022, Ooh. Devontae Parker was ranked 122nd out of how many wide receivers in terms of separation? Cien Bente Dos. In any language, he doesn't know. And Andy Hart just won a brand new car. No, he didn't. Yeah, that's right. The Three seasons in a row since the famous 2019 season, which they ended, I believe, 5-11, and 11, with a win at Gillette Stadium, Mike Kosicki famously catching the touchdown pass with less than 30 seconds left to drive the dagger into the heart of Pat's nation in Tom Brady's final regular season game, a game where Devontae Parker took the lunch out of Steph Gilmore's Defensive Player of the Year hands and ate it in front of him and 65,000 adoring fans time and again. He has been the last ranked wide receiver in terms of wide receiver separation. Yet, the pushback on that comes from Somebody by the name of at Marcus underscore Mosher. Andy, at the same time, he has been ranked 99th percentile in drop rate, which means he doesn't drop a lot of passes. 98th percentile in a dot. No, that's not the people who keep track of your emissions or how much you need to pay for a car. That's average depth of target. 98th percentile receiver grade versus single coverage. 91st percentile receiving grade versus zone coverage. So who is he? I mean, he can't get separation. But he's good in single and he's good in single and zone coverage, and he doesn't drop the ball when it's thrown his way. So, is he really just like a, he's a fine, competent, goodish NFL receiver when he's on the field? I would say Bill Belichick believes the most important ability is availability. Uh, to take another C word is maybe the most important C consistency because this is a guy that's consistent. He does what he do. Don't ask him to do more. Don't ask him to change and be be greater than. Mm -hmm. um, no, it's what we talked about last year. Can he win some 50-50 balls? Absolutely. 80-20, if you ask him, kind of balls. That's great. Yeah. Does he provide something to an offense? Sure. He's a, he's a complimentary option on an offense. If you want him to be your number one, well, you're porked. <laughs> and that's on you. I would and argue the funny that's thing not is, on don't him. Remember when he replied to uh, someone on Instagram? I think it was. I actually have it right here. Uh, he replied to... 
an IG feed at Gillette Nation. They went through all the different uh, skilled players and gave them grades for the 2022 season. They gave him a B minus. Uh, and Devontae Parker, so he was the de facto number one wide receiver last year. And he said, uh, Devontae Parker replied and said, I am that guy with a hands raised emoji. So I don't know if that was like, I guess that's who I am, or if that was more like, I think I am a number one wide receiver. Well, and you know? the reality is most of these guys do. They have, what's Whoa. that, dysmorphia? Where they they, they look Positional at dysmorphia? Yeah, talent like dysmorphia? Mohamed Sanu. Remember when he claimed he was not only the, the squeeze, but the juice, or the juice and the squeeze and the whole damn thing, and he sucked. He just wasn't anything, and his career was just about over. Um, if If... Parker is your number one. You're not a very good passing attack. You're not a very good offense. If he's part of your role players, your your group that you throw out there, I think he's fine. He's an NFL player. He's not, It's not like I'm saying, ah, good luck in the XFL or the USFL. No, I believe he should be on an NFL roster. I believe if you do a five deep for 32 teams, that's 160 receivers. Is he a top 160 receiver right now? Yes. Like, I think he is. But mm -hmm. is that faint praise, damning praise, whatever you want to call it. Um, is he worth six point whatever million? Maybe not. If that's what he's getting. Yeah. So, right, well, okay. I, I don't hate him and I don't hate this deal when it, if, by the way, if the deal is what crapsheet tried to promote it as a true three year, $33 million contract with $14 million guaranteed. I hate it. I despise it. You just got rid of Nelson Aguilar a terribly paid wide receiver who's drawing rave reviews from Harbaugh in uh, Baltimore, but that's a different topic for a different Oh, no, day. guaranteed he has a guaranteed he and Laquan Treadwell, who anyone could have had, both have tremendous seasons this year just because. I'll take the under. What's okay. a tremendous season for Aguilar? Um, he won't have 1,000 yards. He won't have more than 45 catches. He, he just won't. Um, but – like, do you need to have a really bad wide receiver contract on the on the roster? Is that like a prerequisite to be a mediocre football team? No, I don't believe you do. And I don't believe the Patriots do. I think the devil will be in the details. You notice everybody kind of said the agent Parker, whatever his agent is, what they all sure. put him in the tweets like, yeah, they were, they, they're kind of telling you if you just listen, they're telling you they're doing a solid. We're just telling you what the agent told us. And he wanted mm -hmm. to make sure he got credit for a big number and doing his guy at blah, blah, blah. Like. This is a restructure slash pay cut. And until proven otherwise, that's what I'll believe. Uh, Evan Lazar at uh, at Easy Lazar, of course, uh, working down there for your old employer, the Patriots, extending a 30 year old wide receiver who's had some nagging injuries over the years will not go over well with some. But Parker's 11.5 yards target, second best among wide receivers with at least 45 targets. That was 92 receivers only insert editorial note here. Andy's boy. Jalen Waddell was better. When healthy, Parker is a solid wide receiver, but of course, that's when or an if kind of issue. So yeah, it's going to be one of those. It's going to be one of those, like I said, polarizing issues. Some will say, hey, if he's healthy, he's going to be great. Gives Mac a big target. Eventually, he likely will get injured because that's what statistics and history show. Uh, let's punch out of the segment here, Andy, with uh, a quick game. Would you rather? Okay. Would you rather have... Devontae Parker. Now, presuming everyone's healthy, would you rather have Devontae Parker or Alan Lazard? Um, I don't really care. Is that a bad answer? Oh, okay. Like, would I you mean, rather have... You know who I'd rather have? Who? Aaron Lazard. Alan Lazard, not Aaron Lazard. Ooh, who's Aaron Lazard? Is he good? 
quarterback and his receiver if they uh, had a child together, which would be a story in and of itself. Um, I'd rather have Garrett Wilson okay, and sure. then Lazard. Yeah, I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes, too. No, you didn't listen, Jack Wagon. I'd rather have Garrett Wilson and then allow Lazard and the others to fall in place behind him. They have a number one receiver, so it doesn't matter. Whereas we're wondering, is Parker the Patriots' number one receiver? Question mark. No, I don't want to. I don't want to have that conversation, but if you tell they me don't Parker, have one Parker behind D hop, I like Parker with born mm -hmm. with th that whole thing right now. That's not reality. If we're talking about the here and now, and I don't time stamp podcast because they're supposed to be evergreen. But as I talk about this, D hop is not on the Patriots. D hop, not in the picture. D hop seems to be <laughs> standing around D hop standing, uh, waiting for better offers to come in. No, you don't shake no, your effing head at me. No, I took a no, Mecca. Okay. That, that was just, that was just, Holy mercy. I apologize for uh, on behalf of 2400 Sports Odyssey. I think his w name was D Run. D Catch. Oh. Be much better. Is How about if his name was D Value? Value in that in football? Destroy, like what you've done to this segment. Uh, what I do in the summer. There are plenty of other wide receivers. I'll tell you what you can do with it. There are plenty of other wide receivers you may want to have. And there is certainly one Pats fans really wish the team would bring into the fold. Of course, we heard. Just a few days back, Sal Palantonio on ESPN Radio saying, watch out, the Cleveland Browns and the Carolina Panthers could still be lurking. I don't know why he'd want to go to Carolina unless they just dropped a massive bag in front of him and he wanted to go down for better weather. Catching passes from Bryce Young, if he got, tries to sell us on that whole idea, blah, no. That is 100% a payday. Better Alabama Cle quarterback? What? Cleveland, better Alabama quarterback? Uh, we'll see about that. Uh, certainly better conditions as well. Yeah, we'll find out in time. And Cleveland, that's his chemistry with his old pal Watson. They definitely could use a number two as well. That makes a, that takes a lot of pressure off him because Amari Cooper is a clear-cut number one still. There is none in New England to this point. It is just, again, another wide receiver room. You have a de facto number one back for sure, but otherwise you're looking at complementary assets across the tight end and wide receiver spectrum. I don't know what that does for the offense. I don't know how Bill O'Brien works with that. I don't know if that's the best for Mac, but Devontae Parker sticking around for another season. What do you say about the deal, Pats fans? Do you like it? Do we need to wait and see some of the details? Probably, yes. but then again, don't it buy is, it. If it's, it's smells 2023, funny, it's everyone needs, I need everyone to, oh, I actually don't want everyone to overreact, but that is how we do. Thanks for listening, folks, and being a part of our growing Patriots fan and analytical community. Give us a shout Rate, review, subscribe, and share if you get a chance. And get ready because coming up, it's time for Pat's Parade. Yee Here it is, everybody's favorite segment. All the news, notes, nuggets, tidbits, and more circulating around the wide world of Pat's Nation. Pat's Parade here on Six Rings and Football Thanks. Andy, I awoke this morning as of recording Thursday, June 29th, 2023, to a tweet about the New England Patriots. That will often happen because the algorithm knows what I'm into. But this particular tweet posted that the New England Patriots are the most bet on team in the NFL right now to make the playoffs. This tweet came from at John Ewing. 99% of money is on the Patriots plus 240 to make the NFL playoffs at BetMGM. At Patriots are the most bet money team to make the playoffs. As of today. So is everybody, has everyone like lost their way or does everyone else know something that we don't? Well, I think um, 
this proves that Patriots fans may not be the brightest bulbs on the tree. Oh, um, oh, oh I'm just that's kidding. Who's listening. Oh. And I love them for listening, but sometimes they're more emotional than they are rational. And that's okay. That's what a fan is, right? We say it, it's a fanatic. And yes. I think maybe they're getting caught up in the positive Bill O'Brien reports out of OTAs. Mac looks better. Like the offense is competent. Mac is happy. And then you marry that up with, you know, if they're on Twitter, they're seeing these D hop. Dalvin Cook, hopeful, whatever's. Um, and I think they're getting a little bit caught up in in that. And they've always been Boston sports fans are always very active, whether it be gambling, online voting, like there, there's a large, passionate uh group of active fans. And in this day and age where you can bet very easily on your app, and I would also argue. This is the first time those fans have been able to do this, right? This is the age of the the mobile apps in Massachusetts. So fans can easily bet on this season for the Patriots, much easier than they've been able to in past years. You marry up some optimism with availability and ability, and you're getting some fans getting a little bit ahead of themselves because, I mean the most bet on team to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like so I would for put some reason, may, you know what it must, but Andy, think of it this way, or rather just consider this, the odds, they were plus two fifty. It's now been bet down to plus two forty. Mm-hmm. That's $24 for every $10 you bet. So you got people thinking these are good. Like this is a good money bet. People are looking at last year, eight and nine in a bunch of games that they could have won, make a few improvements, a little bit better roster. Matt gets back on track. Bill O'Brien, I know the rest of the division has improved, and a lot of people regionally here don't want to tune into the idea of the Jets potentially being better and not giving you the two automatic dubs in the division that you've gotten the last three years. Hell, pretty much for the better part of the last 25 years. Now, we'll see what kind of pressure gets put on A.A. Ron, Donnie Darkness, Jet Life, and uh, the Jetropolitans on the whole now that they're going to be part of Hard Knocks. Maybe they cave to the pressure. Maybe they thrive, and maybe he performs out of his mind like Boomer Esiason says. I don't know. I think the Pats squeak in as a wild card team, so it seems a decent bet to me. I'd take a $10 flyer. I might take a $50 flyer. This is not the kind of something where I just go all in and say, easy, the easiest way for me to double two and a half times my money. There's no stock. There's no money market. There's no CD that I can tell you to put your money into where you'd have a certainty of uh, two and a half times in it a double and a half come seven months from now. But it's fun. It's fun. You get to root for your team. It's also fun. Not only a rooting interest, but a financial interest, right? Like when you marry up rooting interest with financial interest, that's a little more juice, a little more fun. That's called gambling. And, and I I agree with you. $10, $50, like to make to $50 is really nothing. Even a hundred. If you say this is part of my entertainment dollars for the next Six months. The money I spend on beer, the money you spent, the money you spend on gas on your boat. Yes. Right. I'm like, is that good money spent? No, but it is if I get joy out of it. It is if mm-hmm. it, you know, positively affects my life moving forward. And I think there's something for that for Patriots fans. I totally agree with that aspect of it. But yes. if you're making the bet because you legitimately think they are the most likely team in the National Football League to make the playoffs, you're like, that's like that. Uh, then you're setting yourself up for because you you said we talked about the reasons why you could be positive about this team mm-hmm. reasons to be negative. The division is significantly harder. The schedule is significantly harder. So the eight and nine a year ago, if they go eight and nine this year, I think they could be a light years, better football team with the same record as a year ago. 
because the schedule of the competition. And if they the go ten and seven like they did two years ago, Tremendous. they might be damn near a wagon because the AFC is so. I I can only give you two, maybe three teams that should be easy outs or that most teams can chalk up to an insta dub, if you will. But otherwise, Patriots. What was the other one? See this again? Just when like the the whole thing. The push-pull nature of your relationship with Patriots fans. One minute, you're trying to bring them back in. The next minute, you push them. One minute, you offer them a hand. The next minute, you trip them on an escalator. I mean, you're just the worst. But at least, you know what? I will compliment you in this capacity. You are consistently enough. <laughs> I'm like Devontae Parker, baby. Consistency is key. If, if you're not going to get open, make sure you don't get open every play of every year so you're the worst in the NFL at it. How many different apologies do I need to issue to the – we're not even 25 minutes into this friggin' football show. Uh, by the way, just read a few minutes ago. I'm actually going to bump this up the Pat's pre. How do you feel about this, Andy? Update from Dove Kleeman, the great aggregator of our Twittering NFL Times. Update. Who now has competition. Have you noticed that underscore? A, a lot of people have followed the model. These aggregators, as I like to call them, sounds like the name of a really obnoxious online Batman villain. The aggregator. Uh, there's so many of them out there, and they all have massive followings yeah it just proves if you want to put the time in in social media you mm -hmm. can create a following it's and and that must be just what you do i'd actually like to live irl as opposed to olo online only so i'll do irl as opposed to olo anyway uh update nfl legend rob gronkowski says baby gronk's father has quote gone too far and he's going to cease and desist him gronk adds the dad oh. already hit him up 500 times Quote, we're going to cease and desist baby Gronk's dad. It's to a point where it's awkward. It's too far. Biggest dub for Gronk since the Super Bowl with Brady and uh, Antonio Brown. Good for him. Don't yeah. take part Good. in a uh, strange um, manipulation, brainwashing, whatever's going on with that child and the father's life. Um, and I had asked you that when we talked about this a few weeks ago. I thought it was weird that there was no ties between Gronk and baby Gronk and good for him. End it. Don't, you know, if, if he wants to ruin his kid's life or if he wants to make him money, whatever the, the goal is and whatever his uh, motivations are, Gronk does not should not be a part of that. He, he knows better because everybody likes to paint Gronk as stupid, but he's not stupid. He knows better. Yeah, I mean, this is really quickly turning into I'm sure this guy has contacted every outlet, every website, every. I'm sure he's funneling news to every aggregator all the time as well. Yep. Look, it, this is turning into football honey boo boo, and it's gross. It is, yeah, absolutely. And these stories don't end well. Whether it's Hollywood, music, sports, uh, almost never do these stories end well. And no, this so, needs to be on like parental intervention or sports intervention, or you know, Dr. Oz. Yeah, I don't. Ugh, Ooh, awful. Good for Gronk. What if it's on uh, Maury or whatever, and then the father finds out he's not the father? Dun, dun, dun. That would be the best day in this kid's life. I hate to say it. I'm sure he loves his dad as well. And, you know, in the end, we only we usually we're supposed to, at least or so I've been told, only want what's best for our kids. Seems like there may be some other issues at play here for baby Gronk's dad. Gross story. Oh, baby Gronk, Gronk. Cease and desist. C and D. C and D, baby. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, Andy, you recently posted a column to wei.com, wei.com, uh, where I believe, let me see, like him or not, plenty of excuses remain for Mac Jones. All right, go on. 
Okay, so I think the working narrative in theory has been Bill O'Brien arrives, offense is going to be better, Mac, no excuses. You had the excuse last year of Matt Patricia. We all, Most of us gave it to you, but this is make or break year three, time to put up or shut up, poop or get off the pot, however you want to clarify it. And then you just look at the details of the situation that have been well um, chronicled over the last weeks and months by all reporters. We're talking about it first and foremost in this podcast, Devontae Parker. You don't have a number one receiver. You don't have a go-to receiver. You need D-hop. Everything will fall in place. Tom Curran and Phil Perry on NBC Sports Boston now all in on open the purse strings, whatever it takes. Kick the can down the road and hand D-hop a contract that makes him sign. And, oh, crap, who's playing tackle? Why is uh, Trent Brown not at the first day of minicamp? Why is he barely taking part in the second day of minicamp? Who's Calvin Anderson, and why should I think he's ready to protect Mac Jones' blindside? Will Riley Reef make the team start or retire by September? Um, so there's, and the two best ways to derail a good quarterback are what? Bad offensive line and bad mm-hmm. weapons. And mm-hmm. Mac may have a bad offensive line and questionable weapons. And so, even though we want to believe all is right in Mac's world, you got rid of Matt Patricia. No more frustration. Get out there like it's Josh McDaniels. Fling it and zing it and have fun and. Uh, Herb Street is a thousand percent behind Mac Jones, and he's going to be a Pro Bowl caliber guy. We've seen better quarterbacks get screwed by bad offensive lines and bad weaponry, correct? Tom Brady is an example. Over the course of his career, when he couldn't be protected, sometimes he stumbled. When he didn't have great weapons, he came up short of what you would normally expect of Tom Brady, and he's the greatest of all time, Mm, right? Correct. Correct. So, okay, so if Tom Brady might lose, a let's say, an AFC title game to Peyton Manning because he doesn't have competitive weapons, or if Tom Brady might lose a Super Bowl to, say, I don't know, Tom Coughlin's Giants because his offensive line gets their ass whooped in the desert. Or if Tom Brady doesn't have decent weaponry and his offensive line decides to take the day off in a, in a divisional round game where they thought, oh, we've already got this one. We, we beat Rex Ryan's Jets just a few weeks ago, 45-3 on Monday Night Football. Whoops. So if that can happen to Tom Brady, Isn't that a legitimate excuse? If things go wrong, I'm pre-excusing Mac Jones. Let's just say things don't go as well as everybody hopes. And oh, by the way, the devil in the details, don't forget that the last two days of minicamp were horrific for the offense and reminded people of last year in training camp and last year under Matt Patricia. So I know everybody wants to believe it's put up or shut up time for Mac Jones, Mm -hmm. but he has excuses to turn to if things don't go the way we want and he wants it to. Okay, I'm going to dovetail right off of your piece into one that I had published as of this morning at WEI.com, which I will say sprang from our discussion last weekend on the Fitzy and Hart show on WEI-FM, which was who is under the most pressure currently in Boston sports? We did a gold medal platform, a top three, if you will, for each team, and then voted on and divined who we thought was under the most pressure in each organization. We settled on... Heim Bloom for the Sox, Jim Montgomery for the Bruins, Joe Missoula over Jason Tatum for the Celtics, and on the Patriots, it was Mac Jones squeaking it out over Bill Belichick. Here's the thing. Right now, Tom Brady had AFC championships, multiple Super Bowl appearances, multiple Super Bowl wins by the time he got to the failure in the desert in Super Bowl 42, the loss against the Jets, another loss against the Giants. He had a massive resume. He was already a superstar. Uh, Two to three Hall of Fame careers, ultimately within one career. Bill Belichick, as you pointed out last weekend, why he should fall below Mac Jones on the pressure rating? Because he's got the eight rings, six as the head coach, two as a coordinator, already considered greatest head coach of all time. Even if he peters out and doesn't get the Shula record and they have a losing record this season and Tom Curran's potential prophecy of, I believe they could win 12 games, but if they falter, 
maybe Bill's looking for a job somewhere else next year. That took a it'll turn. only be a Blythe or a Mark on his resume, but it won't be how it'll be a footnote in his Wikipedia entry in his bio, but it will not be the way he is defined. Mac Jones has the potential because of his histrionics, the bad behavior and the poor performance last year, you know, Matt Patricia and Joe judge reverse engineered offense withstanding to be looked upon as a dud if he doesn't get the job done this year. So even though excuses may be pre-built in, he is under major pressure to perform this year. And I think if he doesn't, he may be the first person, regard, regardless of line performance, weaponry, assets, coaching, and more. I think there is so much pressure now. I'm more convinced than last weekend, squarely on the shoulders of Mac Jones, to ball out this season. He needs to pull a Herb Street or, or show that Kirk Herb Street was right, and he can be that guy this year. And I, you know, using that list that we came up with after we culled down three or four candidates for every team to come up yep. with a uh, Mount Rushmore, so to speak. Good least, summer uh, radio, uh, dare I good, say. Very good summer Stop. radio. In season, not great. Maybe um, not. <laughs> um, so the comparison to like Missoula, I'd say Missoula has the resources to win. I think everybody believes he has a restocked bench of assistant coaches, so he's going to get better advice. He has a better roster with Porzingis in town. He has two young superstars. Like, he has everything to mold it. three stars that should average 80 points a night without trying. Okay, so so he has the resources. Heim Bloom, in my opinion, has the resources. He ha He's in Boston. He has the money. He has the opportunities. He had the pieces to trade if he wanted to go that route. But Mac Jones, does he really have the resources? Like if this were a different time, if let's just say Mac Jones was in year eight and was a good established quarterback, you know, I don't know if he's been to the playoffs a few times, blah, blah, blah. I think we would be looking at this offseason and say, Mac could be in trouble. This could be a down year for Mac because his weapons aren't that good. He lost X. He lost his favorite target, Jacoby Myers. Oh, Jacoby Myers. And he had a great relationship. He lost him. How do they replace that? Oh, and by the way, he has no starting tackles. And yet that's not the narrative. The narrative is generally positive about Mac. It's upbeat. It's like Mac's going to have a good year. Mac better have a good year. Well, the devil in the details is the two, the three most important parts of a quarterback's offense, I would argue, are coach, tackles, and targets. Two of the three aren't very good for Mac, theoretically. Now, maybe Bourne blows up. You know I'm a believer in Bourne this year. Maybe Bourne has a breakout year that helps him. Maybe Hunter Henry has a big year, Gasicki. Maybe we're looking at this group of pass catchers differently. But I can tell you, ESPN ranked them 26th in the National Football League. The third time in three years for Mac Jones, he's gone into a season with a group of targets that are ranked either 26th or 27th mm -hmm. in the NFL. If that's not an excuse, and I know we'll get into fights and – there will race will be brought into it because some people believe Cam Newton got railroaded. He didn't have targets. He didn't have this. He oh, didn't have please. that. He, he skipped the ball to people at the end of the season. His shoulder was he's broken. Been, That's such an old what? racist racist. Wow. Me. The one of the only one of the only Cam Newton defenders in the city during his up and mostly down season where he tried his ass off. And now all of a sudden I'm a bad person for saying, okay, fine. No, that's just how the argument goes on Twitter. If you ever get involved in it, uh, ah, no, I Mac away. has excuses. I don't know if he'll need them. Hopefully he won't need them. Hopefully he's competitive and competent in the offense. And all of these things we've talked about that are better will come to fruition. But the harsh reality is he has no tackles and no number one target and questionable all around weaponry. And generally, generally in the NFL, those, those things are a failure for, regression not progression for underachieving not overachieving all right uh quick qu on the fly question then right now if you could 
have DeAndre Hopkins or magically you could just have a top 10 left tackle. Now, whether that's a motivated Trent Brown who shows up to work his ass off, plays every game and returns to 2018 form, or they pull off a miraculous trade, you would have or prefer top 10 left tackle. Not even, not even a question. I don't even think that's a question. I couldn't no. agree more. And we've seen, even in the struggles on the, I mentioned the minicamp struggles, some of it was Mac having, you know, under, it's not even contact, but under pressure, guys getting through, balls getting batted by defensive ends. Maybe that changes with pads on. Maybe the tackle goes, oh, I would have cut that guy. He would have been on his face on the ground. Yeah, but I don't have faith that you would have actually gotten to him if you attempted to cut him. So, yeah, if you could give me a top 10 tackle right now, and then that allows, by the way, I don't want his name to be Trent Brown. I want his this to be another top 10 tackle. Then I can maybe put Trent Brown at right tackle, motivate him, get him going, and now I have good tackles. Yeah, I think you'd have a better chance to be a better offense. Lastly, and certainly not leastly, our beat writer for our new beat writer. How much longer? By the way, statute of limitations. How much longer do we have to call him the new beat writer? It's done. It's okay. done. He's he is. And he's, and he's done a job. great job. Traffic is up. He's getting the reads and the clicks and the likes, and he's doing an excellent job. Everything we had hoped he would do, and then some. Once and since joining uh, both the Six Rings community and wei.com, Mike Cadlick uh, today offers up a 2023 Patriots depth projection in his ongoing series. Today, he tackles uh, one of the spots that Andy believes to be a strength on the club, the D-line. All right. So let's see what old Michael has to say. Who's he got? All right. We preview the room. We name some trade candidates. We get some highs and lows. Here we go. Uh, he says, Andy, we are sleeping on my guy, Daniel Equale, yet he believes a, quote, surprise cut would be Big Kyle Davis. What say you? Uh, well, first of all, I don't see Carl Davis as really a surprise. No offense, Mike. I mean, he's bottom of the depth chart kind of guy who's been on and off the roster at various times. Like, I just... Um, Whatever, Daniel, look, I think both those guys are similar. I think Bill likes Equale a little bit more. I think both guys tend to give you production that surpasses your expectations more often than not. You know, unlike Christian Barmore, who's a second round pick, good rookie year, high expectations. He's the next Aaron Donald. He's an interior disruptor. He needs to play really well to live up to what people are looking for him. Equale and Carl Davis, if you go into a game and you each one of them makes a play, you're like, you know who played well? Equale and Davis. That may have been the only play they made. They may have not been good on other plays, but there's limited expectations. Um, the Lawrence guy situation to me is most um, mm. interesting at this position. And he, uh, Mike puts him as a trade candidate. Obviously, guy is apparently holding out. I, I, I can't imagine it. I, I got to envision they can get something done with him. Now, I don't think they're going to, you know, bend over backwards to retain him and give him a bunch of money. He signed a contract. I don't know why he's not happy with it. He should be happy with it. You know, he's had a nice career here. He's a captain. He's a community leader. Uh, Ron Burton, award winner, community MVP, the whole thing. Um, but I also would like him because I think he's reliable. I don't think he's as good as he was a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, I thought you could argue he was the defensive MVP. Um, he is not that anymore, but he's a good, consistent veteran. So I think this group is, is very... Um, you know, Mike broke it up. He includes Judon and Uche with linebackers instead of D-line, which is fine. They're edge players, so you can kind of yeah. move them in and out. Um, right. To me, the most – if you're going to write a story about the defensive line, the story is Christian Barmore. What is Christian Barmore? What do you get out of Christian Barmore in 2023 in his third season? Another Alabama product who, in my opinion, is kind of at a 
career crossroads. Are you going to continue to develop into a mainstay and you're looking at a big contract another year from now? Or are you a guy that, yeah, all the talent in the world, but you didn't really put it together at Alabama. Remember all the questions about, oh, he was going to leave the team and he took all their references off his social media and he wasn't happy and he didn't live up to this and he didn't live up to that. Are you going down that road in New England or are you going to be a mainstay? We'll find out this year. Yeah, it's but to me like the the performance of the defensive line. God show who would love to tell you that he's one of the best defensive tackles in football, as, as would Bill Belichick as well. You pretty much know what you're going to get out of him at this. I'm point. one of the best podcasters in podcasting. Just ask me. Uh, I, if only you were paid along uh, Devon Godshow lines, I think we'd both be a whole lot happier about that. Um, Andy, uh, see any anybody else? Equale, you know I like. I think that guy's great. I do not want to see. Lawrence Guy sent anywhere else. His full roster projection in teachers wise Devon Godshow, Lawrence Guy, Christian Barmore, Equale, Demarcus Mitchell, out Sam Roberts, Jeremiah Farms, and Carl Davis. His preemptive grade heading into the 2023 season, a B. I think they're going to be a B plus to A minus because I do factor no. in some of the edge no. contributions of your boys Uche and Matthew Judon. Now you say, like, no, Fitzy, Mr. Positive. See, I got to bring him down when he talks positive. No. You believe this as well. You have said many a time that you believe this will be one of the strengths of this team heading oh, yeah. into the 2023 if, season. Absolutely. If you include the edge guys in this group, which I do, um, this is the strength of the defense, the strength of the team. This is, I think, a reason why you can have upside hope and potential, why they'll be able to combat teams like Philly and the Jets and those tough offensive teams. I think you could be a really, really good defensive front against both the run and the pass with Uche proving that last second half of last season was not a um, uh, an aberration, an aberration or, or just right. like, you know, oh, it kind of worked out that way. If you can stay as a you know double digit sack guy, because I know Judon's a double digit sack guy and mm-hmm. not a whole hell of a lot of teams run out edge guys on both ends that are double digit sack guys. And you have that. So you work that you work that with Barmore, Godchild, like. You can sell me on this is you could sell me on this as an A plus group, quite honestly. If they reach if they reach their potential, this is an A plus group, in my opinion. I have to make sure See, we positivity? leave on that on that positive note. See, See how they, about that? See, sorry, we, objectivity. Objectivity. So I don't say positive things about everybody. I'm not like the, that- the scorekeeper at Fenway Park where everything's a hit. You get a hit. You get a hit. You get a hit. No, right, is that, I think I was able to get out of a podcast with Andy without him calling me a fraud and him saying you people. So on that note, we head into the holiday weekend. On a high note, Andy and I will be with you on Sunday from 10 to 1230 with our weekend edition, holiday 4th of July edition of the Fitzy and Hart radio program, a mostly positive podcast. Once again, Devontae Parker in the fold. What are the contractuals? What does it mean? Likely on the team for at least this season, maybe some more. Is Mac Jones happy about it? He's the guy we believe to be under the most pressure in town and so many more nuggets. Thanks for riding along with us as always. Good job, producer Justin Turpin. He's at Jumbo Hart. I'm at Fitzy GFY. Happy 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. Andy is doing a lot of celly dances. He's dabbed a couple of times in the time it's taken me to wrap up. Now he's pointing to his biceps. He's going full Hulk Hogan. The man, he hasn't even had a C4 yet today, folks. Things have gone absolutely hog wild, brother. Make sure you train, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. And thanks for rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing Six Rings and Football Things. Brought to you by WEI, Odyssey, and 2400 Sports. Have a great holiday weekend, everybody. We'll be back next week. Until then, and as always, happy birthday, America. Good day. God bless. Go Pats.